Simple Life Together, Episode 57. Simple Living with Tanya Ganoza of MauiShopGirl.com. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Hi, and welcome back to Simple Life Together. On the last episode of the show, we talked about the comparison trap and how to avoid it. We also introduced a new segment called Cues and Comments, where we share questions and comments with you. <laughs> Can't go figure. It's a real original <laughs> title for a segment, but well, that's, it, that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works. Well, these comments are ones that you sent to us by voicemail on the website, by email, or comments on the blog. Well, today, we're super excited to introduce another new segment, our first simplicity profile, where we feature people just like you. We'll talk with other Simple Life Together listeners who've decided to simplify their life and are willing to share their story with all of us. The episodes will be titled Profiles in Simplicity, where we talk about simple living with you. So if you'd like to share your simple living story with the whole Simple Life Together community, we'll tell you how later in the show. Or if writing is more your style and you'd rather author a guest post for SimpleLifeTogether.com, we'll tell you how you can do that too. How awesome is that? So we'll do this show format about once a month. We'll start the show with our featured guest, and we think the talks will last anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes, sometimes longer, sometimes not. And then Vanessa and I will still do the announcements, sometimes a thing segment, and sometimes the cues and comments segment. We told you there would be a few changes coming along in 2014, didn't we? We sure did. This is one of them. Yeah, and we think it's great to highlight your stories and for you to be able to share your triumphs and challenges, your struggles and things you've learned along the way. Each of us has our own story when it comes to simplifying and sharing what you've learned and what you do differently, any advice that you'd share, and even mistakes that you've made on your journey kind of helps us all grow individually, I think, Mm -hmm. and certainly helps us develop as a community. We're all in this thing together, so we'd love to hear from you. When we started Simple Life Together, we kind of felt alone on our journey. We really wondered who would want to listen in, and we weren't sure whether or not what we had to say mattered to anybody but us. Well, you've definitely changed that for us, and we want to change that for you, too. We've been incredibly inspired by the stories from the Edit and Forget It Facebook page, the emails that you've sent us that we've received, your voicemails, you name it. Your story is unique, and if you're willing to share it, it can serve to inspire others to follow your path, too. We found out firsthand that something we mentioned in passing on this show can have a positive impact on someone on the other side of the world and make their life a little better. Your story can do that too. Yep. So the world's waiting. We want to share our platform so you can share your story too. So stick around and we'll tell you how later in the show. So our first profile in simplicity is with Tanya Ganoza from MauiShopGirl.com. Tanya has been a Simple Life Together listener and a huge supporter huge, right from the start. Huge supporter. So our first profile in simplicity is with Tanya Ganoza from MauiShopGirl.com. Tanya has been an SLT listener and a huge supporter right from the start. Yeah, she sure has. She's been awesome. Yeah, she is an assistant financial controller who lives in Hawaii. How lucky. No kidding. (laughs) She is also a freelance writer and blogger who shares her passion for design, a creative life, and living well on her website called MauiShopGirl.com. When not crunching numbers or writing, she could be found walking the beach during sunset, hoping to spot a whale or two. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds pretty marvelous, no doesn't it? No <laughs> kidding. That's simply marvelous. Yes. yes yeah. So with that, let's welcome Tanya to the show. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. 
with my two favorite podcasters. Uh, <laughs> I think you're our, our, one of our most loyal listeners, too. Oh, I know. And you give such great feedback. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. Well, we are going to um, jump in it here with the questions. But I got to say first that Tanya is in um, Hawaii. And you might hear some birds in the background. And some rushing water. And some rushing water. <laughs> just try not to feel jealous, everybody, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we are bundled up in our office here, it's chilly. We got a, a cold storm that came through in Texas, and so we're a little bit bundled up here, but we we'll just... We have very little room to complain, though, let's be <laughs> that's honest. That's right, I mean, that's compared right. Compared to so many people. <laughs> so, it's been a little colder here, too, but yeah, it's relative, so I, I'm not even going to, you know, I'll get... Um, I always get trashed by my friends yeah. on Facebook. If we have, I even mentioned the C word. Right. <laughs> That's right. Like, so. like, don't even try. So, yeah. well, okay, so we're going to jump right into this. Um, let's start with the first question. Tell us how you got started on your journey to simplify your life and maybe paint a picture of what your life was like before getting started on the simplicity journey. Okay, well, I think it's been, you know, a series of steps. And, and one of the things that happened to me in 2000, um, late 2009, like around a little bit after Thanksgiving, was I um, separated from my husband, who had been with, you know, a really long time, almost 20 years. You know, we started dating in college and had gotten married. And we were both, um, we were both CPAs and we lived in Honolulu. And I'd say we had kind of a yuppie lifestyle. You know, we had kind of gone down that path and... You know, we weren't real extravagant, but I, I, we definitely were on the path of wanting a bigger house and and nicer cars and, you know, keeping up uh, a little bit. And um, I got separated and I moved in from a 2,000, about a 2,200 square foot house, which is pretty big for Hawaii. Mm. Our homes are a little smaller here generally. Uh, and I moved into a little rental that was under 500 square feet. And I actually found that I enjoyed living in a smaller space again. You know, I was kind of back to living in a small space like I had been, you know, just out of college and during college. And um, in 2010, I moved um, to Maui. And I had grown up on Maui, and I moved back to be closer to my family. And um, I now live in a less, a little bit less than 800-square-foot space. And um, I, I was able to design it myself. It was a newly built addition to our family home. And I started reading more about small space living. And as I started to read about small space living, I naturally started to hook up to other blogs that were about minimalism and simple living. And, um, you know, for the first three years after my divorce, I'd say I kept shopping and living as normal, even though I no longer had the need being um, not being in the city anymore. I still was buying clothes like like there was no tomorrow <laughs> and still shopping. And um, I now live in the country. The house gets a dirtier, a lot easier because there's a lot of open land and it's it's kind of breezy here. And I just looked at all my stuff and I thought, you know, I just really don't need all of this. You know, and I, I really could go with a smaller wardrobe and um, have less things out um, because I was just dusting everything. I was having to get the dirt off of everything. And the more I read about minimalism, the more that it attracted me. And um, I also thought a lot of the things that were making me unhappy in my life, it would help me um, kind of get to the root of those things and help me resolve those things. And also going forward, you know, more live the life that I want to. I, th I think all these years I've just been kind of just, you know, 
I didn't really have any long-term goals. I just kind of go through life and I do this and that. And I never really thought about if I could do anything, what would I want to do? And that would be, that would be writing. And um, so I work as a financial controller and, you know, I make a fairly good income. And, um, but it, you know, it just kind of hit me in the past couple of years is that, well, maybe I don't have to make that income if I simplify my life. Right. And, you know, or, you know, in Maui, it's not that easy to get certain types of jobs. It's not as easy in, as it is in Honolulu or in a more urban area. And if I ever were to lose my financial controller job that I have here, I'd like to have min- minimized my lifestyle to the point that it would be okay, that I could, you know, maybe do a little writing, do a little bookkeeping, um, do some other side work and um, not have to make as much money. So, you know, it's, it's been kind of a gradual process and I, I wouldn't say any, uh, I wouldn't say anybody would consider me a minimalist or, <laughs> or even having being that simple yet. I, but I think I'm definitely on the path and I'm headed there. So very cool. So would you say that separating from your husband was really the catalyst to get you started or, um, or is, was there other things besides uh, moving into a smaller space or does that kind of wrap it up? I think I I would say the catalyst happened maybe a few years after getting separated, um, but it definitely stemmed off of that. And I think when I started writing my blog, and I've always liked to write since I was a kid, but when I really put myself out there and I started writing my blog and I started um, networking with a lot of local entrepreneurs, I participate in social media user groups and WordPress meetings, which, as you probably know, is the software um, that most bloggers use. And I met a lot of people um, after I moved to Maui that are living um, the type of lifestyle that I perhaps would like to live in the future. And a lot of them are able to travel a lot. A lot of them are here on Maui because they are really able to live anywhere because they write. Um, some are photographers, some are WordPress consultants or other sorts of technology or social media consultants. And so I think I just began to see things differently. You know, and then and then that combined with a small space, but I think I needed that connection to um, not only living in a smaller space, but also consuming less, um, needing you know being feeling free to let go of the excess amount of things that I already did have. Right. So yeah, so I think I started to see you know people doing things differently. You know, I, I just started to make some new friends and see people in different occupations and it kind of opened my eyes you know i think it's kind of like this domino effect once you start reading something that's kind of insightful or inspiring and then and then you get to another blog or another writer and then you just start to kind of really internalize this concept of living you know the simple lifestyle you know for me it seems really easy um but for a lot of folks that you know simplify their life doesn't seem that easy and honestly everyone struggles in some way when it comes to simplifying or editing or you know, making major life changes. But for you, Tanya, what has been the biggest challenge or I guess challenges um, along the way as you've, as you've simplified? And are, is there anything out there that you still struggle with when it comes to this whole simplicity journey? I think the thing that I struggle with the most is still clothing. And that has always been my struggle. Mm. And um, I think it's always been just very habitual for me to shop for clothing and to browse and um, I've had different weight fluctuations throughout my life, and that causes a whole bunch of 
wardrobe purging, buying more, you know, it's kind of like a never ending process. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think now what I can see, like you said, since I've been reading all this simple living and interacting with people on the edit and forget it page, you can kind of start to see how it's all related. You know, like if you simplify your food, um, you simplify how you're spending your time. All of this will also result in better weight maintenance, which will help uh, stop the endless clothes purging, buying new wardrobe, um, shopping to make you feel better, you know, all of that. And I think that um, that that definitely is still the hardest thing for me, although I can see that I've turned a corner with that um, in, in the past year or so. And um, I'm not too sentimental. I notice that's one thing that's different about me than when I when I interact with other people on the edit and forget it page. I'm really good at getting rid of stuff. I really have to work on not bringing more stuff in. <laughs> I think that's the challenge for me. I am totally and, uh, nodding my head over here going, I know, I feel you. Because that's exactly my biggest struggle is the clothing. Now, I have cut back very, I, I've really cut back basically on my <laughs> my clothes shopping and stuff, but kind of like you, it's like, it was easy for me to purge it, but that was just justification <laughs> to buy new and buy something, you know, cute and trendy. But I have to admit, you know, it's been a big challenge trying to cut back on the clothing, but, um, you had offered some advice, you know, about, um, what was it, like a little, a wardrobe capsule and some clothing that could kind of get you through any kind of outfit. And I think you had pointed out Eileen Fisher's, um, is that her name? Eileen Fisher? Yeah, Eileen Fisher, the whole, um, the videos on YouTube. Yeah, so I really, really, I, I think I've thanked you before, but I really appreciate that because it really helped me because <laughs> I was struggling with this Project mm-hmm. 333 and only having 33 items to wear and and uh, that really helped me out, but I'm with you. It is so hard when it comes to the clothing bit. <laughs> and I think, you know, that was the difference for me too when I started reading about minimalism and simple living and I haven't done Project 333 but I've read about it and I've read a lot of different bloggers accounts of when they went through the process and I think that flipped a switch for me so before it was just kind of more of a bad feeling like uh, you have to stop buying don't buy willpower be strong and now it's like no now I feel like I have a plan Mm -hmm. you know I I know that I can figure out how much I need um, have a process for doing it and be able to put together a select number of pieces and stick with it. So now it's kind of more positive. It's almost like a challenge, you know? though. It's kind of like a, not a game, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it's almost, it's challenging. It's like, okay, can I figure this out? What's the best wardrobe? Can I, you know, right. can I wear this multiple times? And <laughs> Right. And it's it's actually much easier for me to do now because I don't really need to wear business attire. I still work as a controller, but I work at um, a sugar mill. So, you know, I can wear jeans and T-shirts and fry boots to work. I mean, so so it is it is like much, much easier for me now than when you, you know, when you have to wear a pencil skirt and a jacket and heels and, you know, so. But I, I think that's what minimalism did for me rather than it being a negative and feeling like I had no willpower and that I was weak. I have a plan, you know, and I think that's just made a huge, a huge difference for me. So that's great. So now that you've been on your simplifying journey for a couple of years, really. What mm-hmm. does your life look like now that you've been going through this? How is it different than it was before? Can you, you know, give us a, a little bit about the, a day in the life of Tanya when it comes to I simplicity? Think, um, you know, I think the most success, successful project, and I've been kind of attacking my minimalism like little mini projects, and I think the most successful one that I did was my cosmetics 
in my bathroom. I probably take one-fourth the amount of time to get ready now than I used to, say, about four years ago. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, granted, I'm not going to win a beauty pageant. Awesome. (laughs) But, you know, I've kind of gotten over feeling like, um, and I also don't, you know, I used to go get my nails done and all this stuff. And when I I cleaned out my bathroom, I had, um, I threw away four garbage bags worth of things and this was after you know only living on Maui a few years so you know I probably did another mass clean out before I moved and now I have a very select amount of cosmetics and I don't even shop at cosmetics you know we do have a Sephora here and I'm not even tempted because I know exactly um, what I'll need and I don't need any more than that and I'm not even tempted to look and when I travel now, I have the teeniest, tiniest toiletry rag. I mean, it's, it's the type made to go in someone's purse to take around with them every day. And that's all I need, you know, when I travel now. So that's one big difference. I don't take, I don't spend as much time getting my nails done, blow drying my hair, you know, digging through a basket of, you know, a bunch of cosmetics that, multiple products that basically all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um... I think even though my wardrobe still needs to be cut down quite a bit, um, getting dressed is much quicker and much simpler because I'm already trying to kind of follow that capsule wardrobes as I still edit nice. and, and get rid of things. And I'm kind of going my weight. I gained a lot of weight when I moved to Mali. It's going down now. So I, I still have too many things in my closet, but I can already still feel the effect of not agonizing over what to wear in the morning. I have my go-tos, I guess I would say. I've started to exercise more again. Um, I still have to clean a lot of dirt off the house. It's unbelievable. <laughs> if you bring it down, the amount of dirt. I, I would think in Texas too, though. I mean, the amount of dirt that can get on everything, is, it's it's not dusting. It's dirtying. <laughs> no, it's it's so crazy. So, but I, I feel like, you know, I removed a lot of the things... Um, from my dresser top, I still have some little trinkets out of my desk and thing, like good luck type of things. Yeah. But um, I cleaned off a lot of surfaces, and I either gave stuff away or I sold it, or I pack it like in a home accessory box. And so when I get bored and I want to change things up, then I'll change. But I don't have everything out now, um, and so my cleaning time has really decreased as well. And I find that I'm spending more of my spare time doing things that are more meaningful. And it almost wasn't intentional. It almost happened just naturally as part of this whole process. I listen to podcasts where I can learn a thing or two. I'm more interested in reading um, a lot of nonfiction books, um, philosophy, you know, things that make you more self-aware. I'm very interested in technology now. And, um, you know, I used to watch a lot of garbage TV, and I'm not being critical of that. I think at a certain time when you just need to relax and keep back, it has its place. But I find that now I do things in my spare time that energize me and make me feel like I'm learning something rather than just trying to escape my life. And, and, and I, it wasn't something I realized until the other day. And I thought, you know, I was trying to watch The Real Housewives, and I thought, you know... I really can't stand the show anymore, and I used to watch it all the time, and I used to read gossip magazines, so I almost feel like it's almost made me more excited about my life again. Oh, 
wow. you know, and it, and I didn't expect that. That was that was an unexpected effect of all this. So. I, you know, I think we've gone through the same thing really yeah. with a lot of uh, we ha- we watch very little TV. When we do, it's usually Netflix or mm-hmm. you know something like that. Yeah, uh, Apple TV, movies, yeah, just yeah. watch things on Apple TV. And then uh, I used to be a total total news junkie and. I've kind of pushed that away. We don't watch any like reality television. Yeah. And uh, but you're right. It's kind of a, it's a decision that's it's like it's like media clutter in your life, and it can serve a purpose. A couple of entertaining shows can serve a purpose, mm-hmm. like you said, to relax. But mm-hmm. I used to have to have the TV on just all the time in the background if I was just doing something. Right. Right. And I, right. I cut that out. It's just a bunch. You know, it just ends up being a lot of noise. But I think you said it perfectly. It's like being more aware like you're more interested in things that help you be a little bit more self-aware and that is something that I didn't expect going on this journey either it's like you just are so much more um, deliberate about things you are just so much more like you said aware about things and it's sometimes it's hard for me to explain it's like I just I can't explain it it's just that I don't care about all the junk out there I want to do things that are going to make me feel better Mm -hmm. So that I can do the things that are really important uh, to me and to my family and all that. And so it's so comforting to hear that you feel the same way. Like you're going through that same type of process and experiencing the same things. But, uh, you know, that being said, can you share with us some things that you've learned along the way or things that you may have learned from others on the Edit and Forget It page um, that might be, I don't know, I guess just kind of interesting to the other listeners out there. If there's anything that you've kind of learned as you've gone through this process. I think um, one of the things that I learned um, was setting limits was very effective for me. So telling myself to not acquire more things was really ineffective. But having a limit, knowing how much I needed of what was the most effective thing for me to decrease the amount of things that I bring into my home and also made it easier to free up the excess that I already had. You know, so... In terms of how many pairs of jeans do I really need, you know, how many pairs of boots, how many, you know, even in the kitchen, I've I've been able to get rid of a lot of things just by setting those limits. Um, From the Edit and Forget It group, that is such a great page, by the way. And um, We love it, too. We do. Yeah, and everybody is so active. I talk to the people on the Edit and Forget It page more than my... My my real life friends, you know, <laughs> I go there every day to see what people are talking about, and it, it's just very heartwarming. And everybody is so helpful and supportive, and active. But I think from them, I've learned. You know, I found the uh, the conversation about the envelope method mm-hmm. for budgeting really interesting. And I've heard of it before, and I just never knew how to handle the non cash things because you know, being on Maui, I do buy a lot of things online because it's not so easy to find everything here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they had some great ideas about using Visa check cards and having a credit card that you just have, you know, your allotment for your envelope method on there. And um, I also, you know, someone was talking about TurboTax's It's Deductible app to keep track of your charitable contributions. Mm -hmm. You know, and I use TurboTax and I I wasn't aware that they had that app. So that was something um, this past week that I found really helpful because I do donate um, that's how I've been getting rid of a lot of my things is by donating to the local um, Women Helping Women, which is uh, the domestic shelter nice. on Maui. And I also donate a lot of things to the library. Um, so that its deductible app by TurboTax was really helpful. And I think the other thing I realized was um, 
just to have empathy for other people because like I said I'm not too sentimental about my belongings and just following everybody on the edit and forget it page I realized um, how difficult it really was um, for a lot of them to let go of things that held memories for them oh, yeah. yeah and and you know Vanessa I know you're a professional organizer and I I really like helping people organize too mm -hmm. and you know for my job too we have to be fairly organized and keeping track of correspondence and right. accounting records and I have always thought it's something that I wanted to help people do one day and I probably was mess missing that empathy chip until you edit and forget a page. I'd be like, oh, my God, that's such it's 30 years old. What's the problem? You know, but, that's, but I really, you know, I really understand. I think yeah. I understand a lot better now how hard it is um, for people to let go. And even with my own family and everything, yeah. too, I think um, my, my parents have been editing out things and my sister is going to start. And I think it's just very helpful as um, I'm going to help my sister with some of hers because she's actually um, has chronic pain and, and some other issues. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to help her. She's on another island. And it, I think it's a really good thing for me to understand that aspect of it. That's yeah. not a struggle for me, but it is for other people. You know, so. It's interesting you bring that up because a lot of folks, um, they're, they're naturally organized or they, I say naturally, it's, it's really kind of a learned behavior, but um, but folks where it comes easy to them, they just think it should be easy for everybody else, and it's not. And like you said, yeah, there's that, that mm -hmm. empathy piece. And a lot of times they'll have friends and family help them out, but it doesn't work out because they just they get too, they're too close to the person sometimes um, right. not, because they don't have the understanding of the empathy. But once you have that and you know that's going to be invaluable for you when you go help your family and your friends, it's just mm -hmm. kind of talking them to, through the process instead of saying, oh, you don't need this, let it go, just let it go. And that can just be too much, too fast for a lot of people. So I'm so glad that you get that from the Edit and Forget It page and from the things that we've talked about on the show because that's, it's huge. It's, it really is huge. What may be easy for you is a totally different world and a totally different ballgame for others. Yeah. So. I think most things are a lot easier to go through when you're in a non-judgmental environment. Yeah. You know, I know they are for me. But that, that's awesome. I really I absolutely love that page. Uh, I wish it wasn't on Facebook personally, <laughs> but, but, but oh, because you're a tech guy. Tech guys never like forum discussions to take place on Facebook. Well, I, you know, I like. Uh, I wish it was just more uh, in a forum. It would be easier for people to mm -hmm. refer back to and use. I think. Right. But, but anyway, I I digress. And you could break it down by specific topics, right? And stuff like that. Right. Where this one, you have to kind of go through the feed. But uh, yeah, because somebody coming in new, they just see what's recent without having to go. Out. It, it would be nice if they had a. Uh, a better search. I mean, you can search on there, but yeah. But um, I think it is such a great place. I it's booming. That's all I gotta say. Yes. it's booming. And Tanya, you've been so awesome on it. I, no kidding. I I can't wait to read your stuff because and I read all the stuff. It's just I don't always respond to it. But I'm just like, man, these we, guys are good. We've been holding back a lot from <laughs> responding ever since. I, I think I mentioned it on the show. Uh, you know, Michael Hyatt said, would, "How weird would it be if you're at a dinner party and you like butted in on every conversation?" So oh, I, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I figured I better I better ease up a little bit. But, well, let me ask you this: uh, What advice would you give someone who's kind of on the fence about where they want to start simplifying in their own life? Would you um, Would you have something to offer them to maybe convince them to get started or help them to get started? I think um, the advice that I would give to them is um, to read. You know, to read a lot of blogs and articles on living simply but I think they should also know to keep in mind 
that they can start small and go at their own pace and they can also define what simple living or minimalism means to them because you know there's a lot of viral sort of things out there about minimalism about owning you know less than a hundred things and you know just having a backpack and you know so sometimes people get I think um, overwhelmed when they hear about these types of stories and so I think if someone's on the fence they could start with one area of their life like I mentioned my makeup you know and mm-hmm. just minimalizing that one area made such a difference for me and inspired me to do more so someone could start you know with their kitchen or their books you know or what have you and they can and you can go at your own pace and um, if you're short on time you can set time blocks so on a Saturday you've got a busy Saturday maybe just set a timer for 20 minutes and work on the junk drawer or the entryway table but I think the best advice would be to not try to do it all at once do a little bit at a time see how you feel and try to interact with people that are trying to make the same changes as you I think on the edit and forget it page they were talking about other people judging you sometimes because people get freaked out when they see change even if it's not their own Mm -hmm. and um you know, sometimes they have a hard time accepting it, like family members and coworkers and friends. So I think finding a tribe or a community, mm-hmm. which is really easy to do online now, is also another good suggestion for someone that's thinking about getting started. Um, there's a bunch of ebooks out there too. Unfortunately, I can't think of any right now off the top of my head that I would recommend. Um, But there's a lot of uh, reading materials out there for someone who's interested in living a simpler life. And not everyone is a 20-something-year-old guy who's traveling around the world with a backpack. You know? <laughs> right. There's, there's someone for everyone, you know, right. I think, in the blog world and the podcast world. Yeah, so you, I agree. you can find someone that's more like you that you can relate to. So Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's um, some great tips and some great advice. Now, you talk about the, the blog world, and you talked about how you love to write. And so speaking of that, you have your own website, right? Maui uh, Shop Girl, right? Right, MauiShopGirl.com, and um, I'm actually going to start another blog because I really, oh, sorry about the siren. That's a, what are you doing, Tanya? What, what's going on? <laughs> I'm in a good neighborhood, but, <laughs> you know, it might be due to some of the flooding, you heard the water oh, earlier, yeah. flooding coming down from the mountain, but, oh, yeah, yeah. so um, I'm starting another website because I'm really deep into trying to simplify my life, and I want to write more about it. Good. And com is, it started off um, when I was really still into fashion and I didn't write anything, but that's how I got that domain name. When I finally started writing, I chose to write more about handmade things mm-hmm. and um, lifestyle design. And um, also I do write about consumerism and it's a bit anti-consumerism at times, you know. Um, and I started writing some of my simple living journey on Molly Shop Girl and I think it's to the point now that I want to write more and it doesn't fit uh-huh. you know yeah. um, so I'm actually starting another site called simplelifeedit.com and there's not much on there yet um, but probably by next week I'll have a couple post up so That's but yeah my main home is MollyShopGirl.com and I'll have a link to Simple Life Edit on my sidebar by 
by by the time this airs, probably. That's so, great news. Uh, that is. That's awesome news. I love it. I love it. And yeah. is that the best place right now for them to find you? Is that MalleyShopGirl.com and they can just look up your information there, your contact info? Yeah. Okay. I think that's the best place. And I'm Mally Shop Girl on Twitter and Instagram, and um, I have a Facebook page. So that's that's pretty much my, my handle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful site, and I do love your pics and stuff um, with the handmade stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome. So and I like I, how you really support local businesses there yes. on Maui, too. That is awesome. I think that is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of artists, and um, there's a lot of creative people on Maui. You know, we're kind of a small community, but there there is a large creative community here. So it's nice to have have them to write about. Well, we really, really appreciate everything that you've shared with us today. And that's why I really wanted to direct folks to your website, because the things that you write about, even though I know you're, you're switching gears and stuff, um, you're a beautiful writer. Um, you've got just wonderful input. And that's why we really wanted to um, have you on the show today, because you were one of the first, I think, on Edit Forget It, and one of the one of the first like email responses that we got, yeah. you know, comments on the website, and it was just oh really yeah, yeah. oh so, yeah, <laughs> it was just really awesome because I mean you were we could definitely tell that you were very passionate and um, and you've been with us along this journey the entire time for yeah. a year now and it's been awesome so thank you so so very much for being with us here today. Yeah, and we can't wait to share your new site too, Simple yeah. Life Edit. That's that's very cool. Yeah, thank you. And um I look forward to your podcast every week. It helps make my commute. <laughs> oh good. Well, so much easier. <laughs> well, I, I think Mondays is gonna be really good. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we, gonna be we, we got this gal from Hawaii on, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tanya, thank you so much for joining us and being our very first profile in simplicity. That's thank, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. Wow. Tanya's awesome, isn't she? Yeah, she sure is. What a great story. That's so awesome. happy to have her with us. And I'm really looking forward to reading more on her new site, too. So yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. All right. So moving on to cues and comments. And again, uh, this is where we get to answer or talk about things that you write to us. Our first one is in from April. And April writes, I was wondering how you cut down on the stuff coming into your home, especially gifts and especially those for your daughter. I ask my closest friends to do something with me for my birthday instead of giving me a gift, but I don't see that working so well with my six-year-old. Usually, her wish list is just two to three items, but with a large extended family, she gets showered in stuff pretty regularly. We know how that is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it is truly year-round that she gets packages out of the blue. I don't want to deny her some new toys once in a while because obviously her interests change as she grows up, but the sheer volume of incoming stuff is overwhelming. I just can't imagine how to approach this with our extended family or my daughter for that matter. I know they're trying to show their love through their generosity, but really she'd be happier with less. Even kids get a type of analysis paralysis and lately she seems to be having a tough time deciding what to play. Although one would think the opposite is true, the constant acquisition of more stuff breeds discontentment. That is spot on. It really is. And um, this was my response. I recently threw a party for our little six-year-old girl, too. And on the invitations, I said, please don't feel obligated to bring a gift as we will have plenty of gifts for our daughter on her special day. The best gift would be for you to come over and celebrate with games, candy, cake, and ice cream. So about half brought gifts and just about half brought just a card. And it was great. It turned out very, very well. The thing is, is that we didn't really invite that many people, right. but at least it was half the gifts. <laughs> 
And we deliberately decided to open gifts after the party was over and the guests had left. So nobody felt embarrassed or that they didn't bring a gift or whatnot. Right, nobody was uncomfortable exactly. with that. Exactly. So that's one way to approach gifts. I've also seen people flat out say on the invitations, no gifts, please, or to please donate money to such and such charity. So yep. that's a nice approach to do things. Or the parents specifically ask for a monetary gift to put towards a college fund. It's bold, but it can work well, I guess. I yeah. mean, that's kind of interesting, but um, I'll just say just money would be the best and we can just put that towards something that she really, really needs or we could put it towards the college fund. So that's another way to do it. Now, I personally make a habit of every time a holiday comes up or a birthday, I have our daughter sort and edit her toys to make room for the new stuff coming in. I definitely don't mind her getting new gifts, but I try to keep the balance by letting go of the old to make room for the new, right? Right. Another trick I know other parents do is to put aside some of the gifts and birthday presents. That's real easy when it comes to like gift cards. And that way you can kind of, you know, control the flow of things too. So the thing is, is that they just, or, or maybe they have the kids open up the gifts, but then they don't let them play with them right away. So then throughout the year, they can, you know, when they get tired of other gifts, you can pull out a gift that hasn't really been opened up yet. And that can be, that can satisfy their need or want to get something new and another another cool gift or something. Right. And uh, you may even rewrap it or save it till Christmas, whatever the case may be. But that's another trick I see a lot of parents do, especially when they get tons and tons of gifts that come in. There's only so much a kid can really play with at one time. Yeah. So they just set some of those things aside and then open them up around, you know. <laughs> that would have killed me as a kid. You only got, yeah. you'd really only got gifts on your birthday and Christmas back then. Yeah. And I know for you and I, we came from different backgrounds um you know and at a different time we didn't get a ton of gifts and i didn't really have birthday parties as a yeah, kid i never had a birthday party in my life so but times are a little bit different and that's just kind of how it is yeah, yeah. so so you got to plan for it right so the bottom line is that i know it's uncomfortable to discuss this type of thing with your family and your loved ones um, and they are only giving gifts and stuff out of love but if it is too overwhelming and goes against what you are trying to teach your daughter then you really do need to have the conversation and the fact is that your parents or your family and your friends may not understand it at first, but um, they eventually, eventually yeah. they'll respect it. You know, my sister had to have the same conversation with both sets of grandparents, and she would tell them in advance of parties or holidays to either not buy gifts, give only one gift, request a specific gift, or ask for a gift card so they could use it, you know, when they need they needed to. Yeah. So, you know, and it took a few reminders at first, but eventually they understood and stopped sending the extra gifts throughout the year. And it just ended up being less stressful for my sister. And Dan and I have done the same too. Yeah. You know, we just say, please just keep it simple for us, you know. Right. We know you guys don't understand it, but she would just be thrilled that you even called, sent a birthday card or whatever. Just thinking of her, that's really what's important to right. us. So. And I got to say, April... It's awesome that you're thinking about it because I think a lot of parents don't. And you're right. The kids just have analysis paralysis when it comes to so many toys. And I've said this for a long time when Vanessa and I talk about it. If a kid doesn't have one toy that they just love, I remember as a kid, I had toys that I loved. And if I would have had too many different toys, it just gave that air of disposability to toys and it's really important to learn to love something yeah absolutely Jeez, i sound all cheesy my gosh what am i what's happening to me in my (laughs) old age (laughs) but that's true it's really how i feel so april good on you for even thinking about it that's right so the next up is a voicemail that we got from jared and let me go ahead and hit play on that hi simple life together my name is jared and i've been a very big fan of your guys's podcast for a while now and for me i listen to it on stitcher radio on my iphone while I am decluttering. It helps the process go by a lot smoother and faster. And for me personally, 
physical clutter isn't that big of a deal. I've been decluttering for a while and I love my life a lot more now that I have less in it. But for me, the difficult part comes from non-physical clutter. And what I mean by that is stuff that is on my computer, on my iPhone, things in that nature, such as too much email, too many documents I've scanned on my computer, um, among a variety of other things. And my question is, what are your guys' tips for dealing with this non-physical clutter? What do you guys recommend or have in mind? Thank you for your time. That is a great question, Jared. It's an awesome question. Um, And I would have to say, right from the start, it's kind of, you need to treat it just like you would physical clutter and ask those questions that Dan and I always say, do you use it? Do you love it? Do you need it? And that will help you eliminate what you what you don't need if it doesn't fit those three criteria. Right. And it sounds like you probably have that process already down if you've decluttered like you say you have and and um, have been able to uh, consciously make those decisions between, you know, use it, love it, need it. And really the same thing does apply to your digital stuff. But along the same line, don't be afraid to, uh, like if you use a, a program like Evernote, you don't necessarily have to have everything in neatly in folders in Evernote. This is where a lot of the way I use Evernote would probably shock your typical professional organizer. You know, <laughs> my definition of as an organized is can I can I find it quickly when I need it? And in Evernote, I don't even have to have any. Um, they're not called folders; they're called notebooks. Uh, notebooks. I don't even have to have a notebook. I can just I have everything in one notebook, and then I just use the search function. Mm-hmm. So get used to using your search function. And that's becoming more and more prevalent on all systems and yeah. all programs. Yeah, even the on the search. Yeah, on the new Mac, you can even tag things, right? And yeah. and uh, and search for things by tag, so you don't have to just search by file name. But if you're really concerned about some of the digital clutter that you have, again, just like you would deal with physical clutter, you need to set up a system. Um, and routines to help edit out the stuff, edit out that the digital clutter. And what I mean by this is just like you would if you wanted to organize a closet or you know a drawer or cabinet, you need to set aside time to do it. And then to maintain it, you need to set up a, a routine. Do I do this weekly? Like let's say, for example, start small. Let's start with our email account. If you're trying to deal with the digital clutter in your email account, well, just say every Thursday I'm going to tackle my email, make sure everything's put in the right folder or whatever, um, that I set up the filters that I need to set up and just take care of it. At least edit it and, you know, take care of your action items and whatnot. You need to set aside time, put it on a calendar and make it a routine. I think that's just kind of the best way. If that's a concern for you, if you're not comfortable with the search or if you're worried about storage capacity and you do need to stay on top of it, then commit to setting a calendar appointment and a reoccurring appointment, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever, to where you set aside time to tackle those things. And that's going to help you um, kind of stay on top of it. That's, that's a, the same thing that we recommend when it comes to like photos and stuff yes, like that. Yes, and that's a great point. And that what I wanted to say, that is a weakness of mine too. Like I have developed the habit on my iPhone of making sure I connect my iPhone to my computer and I use the image capture program on my Mac to get every photo off of my iPhone. Mm-hmm. So they're off of my iPhone. So I free up that space so that device is good to go. But where I have often failed at is what you're saying is committing time to go back into the device they're now in, which is my external hard drive, and then go through and edit through those. And yeah. I, that's where I need to, to bone up a little bit on that one. Yeah. And honestly, when it comes to that, and we can get off on a tangent on this, which we'll try not to, but you're taking it off your phone, but why not right then and there also edit what you don't need, Right. you know, just 
do that. And then it's already taken care of, you right. know? So, so there's different things to do, but bottom line is, do you use it, love it, need it? Don't be afraid of the search. Um, even having messy files, don't worry about file trees and all that stuff because search is the way to go if your programs allow. And um, set up a system and routine of where you're going to take care of digital clutter as it comes in. Um, and that's going to help you stay on top of it. Good. And we got one last one, don't okay. we? Okay. So, uh, yeah, lastly, Sarah writes, as you two have said in the podcast, the design is very important to a living space. Uh, we may end up with a bit more square footage as renters since we cannot dramatically change the design of our spaces. Moving into a house built in the 1950s, we have a smaller scale of rooms and closets, but the space is still very usable. I am intrigued by the small cottage plans from Tumbleweed Tiny House Company and would consider those for building our own home if the opportunity arises in the future. I'm also interested in hearing more about your considerations about going to one car. We talked about that idea too, especially as my husband gets into biking. So this was kind of in response. Sarah writes this in response to our talk about, you know, living in a smaller home and it's all about design and stuff like that. And that we've also talked about going down to one car. So, well, Sarah's a gal after my heart, all right, (laughs) because I love the tiny house company designs too, Mm -hmm. and lots of other tiny homes out there. I think they're still too small. For Vanessa, yes, and uh, but one one of the lifestyles that we were considering is having a couple of different places in in around the country in areas that we really love mm-hmm. to kind of use as our patrol base. We're going to go stage out of there and then run camping missions uh, <laughs> off of the out of the patrol base. So we haven't ruled it out, but regardless, I still love the whole aesthetic and the use of space, and it's a really a necessity to have uh, a more simple life. When you're living in something that size. Heck, our bathroom. Our bathroom reading material. All right, this is TMI. But bathroom reading material is uh, Tiny Homes, Simple Shelters by Lloyd Kahn. Yeah. I love that book. It stays in there constantly. Dan probably rifles through that every day. Sometimes I go in there just to sit down and read the book. I don't, not necessarily. To get away from us. Exactly. Exactly. Peace and quiet. But but that said, we have been ever noting lots of ideas and we'll probably... um, get with a tiny home architect when we make the final decision, even though our home would fit more into the small home category. And as for the car, we talk about that all the time too. And it's most, since both of the cars are paid off, it's not really as much a matter of cost, but the car that we do have has to be the right one. It's got to be able to pull our, the guide on our teardrop uh, camper. So we do need a bigger car SUV type for that. Um, not that we need it for that camper, but we want one for that type of traveling when we're yeah. doing that much traveling. And whether we can go down to that single car or not, we're finding more and more, we're concluding more and more, I should say, that it's probably, um, you know, it's definitely based on where our residence is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our little girl, Sunshine, is a couple miles away school-wise, and so we have to work out some of those logistics. So I really don't have any information more to share on that other than, like you, Sarah, we are still thinking about it and trying to run through that in our head quite a bit. So with that, we really only have a couple announcements today. So Vanessa, why don't you start off? Well, yeah, we've mentioned in the past couple of episodes that Dan is working with our friend Joel Zaslowski of Value of Simple on a simplicity summit called Simple Rev, which is sort for a simple revolution. Simple Rev will be 200 plus passionate simple living advocates and Joshua Becker of Becoming Minimalist will be there along with other minimalists and simplicity lovers from around the globe. So, And the dates for that are October 3rd and 4th of 2014 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So you will be there at the exact right time for the leaves changing, which I, I can't wait to see that. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> so it's at the, the, on the campus of the uh, University of St. Thomas in, uh, in downtown. So Yeah, so to learn more, you can just go to simplerev.com or simplelifetogether.com slash rev. 
And remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. And there are links to our Google Plus profiles on the website. All right. So that's it for episode 57 of Simple Life Together and our very, very first profile in simplicity with Tanya. And if you'd like your story to be considered for a Profile in Simplicity episode, or you'd like to ask a question or leave a comment in the cues and comments segment, or maybe even guest post, just send us an email. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Edit and Forget It. Just go to simplelifetogether.com slash edit, and we'll interact with you on the Facebook page. And as usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 057. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together.